Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hey, everybody. It's just Mike and I today on today's episode. Mike recently went to Denver, Colorado for the USA Hockey Coach Developer Academy. Uh, and I'm excited to tell you what that is because I had no idea what that was. And it's just another great conversation about what USA Hockey is doing. Uh, and then naturally, uh, Mike and I got into a lot of coaching conversations about practices and uh, you know, debates and just just coaching in general within USA Hockey and beyond. So if you're a coach or a parent, you're really going to enjoy this episode. And uh, just always want to remind all of you, uh, we don't record these in front of a live studio audience. So if you ever have any questions, any opinions, any thoughts, uh, feel free to send them over at uh, team at ourkidsplayhockey.com or just comment on any of the social media links that accompany an episode. Um, also got to let you know, as always, this episode is brought to you by two things. WhenHockeyStops.com. It's the book that Christy and I wrote. Again, your kids probably have summer reading coming up. It's a great hockey book. It's got unbelievably great reviews. We are flattered by that. So check that out. Get your copy over at ourkidsplayhockey.com or you can get it on Amazon wherever your little heart desires. Uh, and also check out worldhockeyhub.com. Again, we've uh, been talking with them for months. Really good people over there. Um, got a great website there where you can find uh, rankings nationally, worldly, globally, but also if you're a team manager, you can look for other games and tournaments for the upcoming season. I know it's planning time for most organizations in the U.S. So check them out at worldhockeyhub.com. But without further ado, enjoy this episode with Mike Benelli and myself on the USA Hockey Coaching Developer Academy. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome back to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. I'm Lee Elias, and I'm joined by Michael Benelli, fresh back from a trip from Denver, Colorado, with the Coach Developer Academy, right, Mike, from USA Hockey, Coach Developer Academy in Denver at USA Hockey. Again, Christy Casciano Burns is on assignment this week. Uh, we will miss her, as always, but this is how this episode is going to work. Uh, Mike texted me. He's like, hey, I was at this Coach Developer Academy with USA Hockey in Denver last weekend, and I said, what the hell is that? So I said, let's go on. Don't even tell me. I told that. Don't even tell me what it is. I'm going to come on. I'm going to interview about what is this? What did you do? Because I know for a fact that there's a lot of coaches that listen to this show and parents, and they want to know what the hell's going on at USA Hockey all the time. And everyone's got an opinion. I'm not being sarcastic here. Everyone has an opinion. Everybody talks about how they want to do it. But I don't think, Mike, to be fair, that we're informed too well about what is going on. And the truth is there is a lot going on at USA Hockey year round. So what the hell is the Coach Developer Academy and what did you do this past weekend? Yeah, so this is, this is some of the aspects or one of the bigger aspects that I love about, you know, just any involvement with the, the national governing body of hockey, right? Is that the opportunity to be on the coaching education team and do a lot of stuff with the coaching program and really try to take the mantle of, of you know, how can we get as many, volunteers that really run USA hockey right. and give them the tools and the knowledge and the education and, and, and who can get all this to us. So we're all not all over the place who can kind of consolidate all this in one place. And it really comes from the, the coaching education program. So what the coaching education program has is their own coaching education department, right. which is the coach developer Academy, uh, which is, you know, uh, newly formed in name, but it's been around for a long time. We've been, you know, I've been doing training with USA hockey on the coaching education side for years and years. And one of the coolest things about this new format, this coaching education Academy is that none of it is hockey. It's all about learning. Right. And it, you know, and, and things that you talk about, you know, in your other episodes, you know, not, not just our kids play hockey, but your grit programming and the stuff you do with JB and the stuff you hear from the leaders. That's really where USA hockey is going. It's, it's, it's taking, right. um, 
the educational world and the training world and the corporate world of training and then say, okay, well, how can we get a hockey coach that gets off the train, jumps in their car, runs to practice? How can we prepare them the best to be the best coaches on the ice when they hit the ice with their kids? And also, how can we get our coaches to understand that our job is to keep our kids in the game as long as we can? Um, and it's really the, the refreshing part about these courses is that it's never, there's, I, I, it's very rare you talk about hockey. Right. And it's all about learning. It's all about how children learn. It's all about how other adults learn. So, so when I'm in the coaching education program, we're not teaching kids, we're teaching adults how to teach kids. Right. So, as a, a right. coach developer, which is the coaching education department's kind of talking points now. Our job is to go out there and work with our volunteer coaches to then relay the message of, of uh, teaching. And actually, one of the things I posted over the weekend on Twitter was uh, Jay DeMarco's uh, artwork was in, the, was in the course, which is pretty cool, about how, you know, he's like, you know, his artwork was all about this little comic strip. Yeah, about small the, saves, the, the, right? The, yeah, small yeah. saves. And the kids yeah. saying, hey, I taught my dog how to juggle. And, the, and then this, you know, small saves guy says, well, he doesn't look like he's juggling. He goes, I didn't tell him he, I, I you know, he learned how to juggle. I just right. taught him how to juggle. Yeah, right. And I think, and that, and that was, you know, and I think that's, that's been our, you know, that's been really the challenge. The challenge right. is, you know, how do you go through a, an educational course and leave with knowledge? Or did you just spill out? Did you, did you take in all this information for six hours? And not retain any of it, right? Or just, not, or just check a box that oh, I went to that meeting. I right? went to it. Look, yeah. I got my yeah. certification done. Yeah. And did you learn? And so, you know, Heather Mannix uh, really has been, has been spearheading this up, uh, and she'll be on the episode. You know, now they're they're on like the world we're in tour of working on uh, twenty four. I don't know, three hundred coach developers around the country. So they've wow. been in Falmouth, Mass, and Minnesota. They've been in Michigan. They're uh, this past weekend they were in Denver. And they're out there working with like a very, you know, a very passionate group of men and women that will go back and deliver this message. Right. And, and I think it's, you know, is it, is it exact science? Is it perfect? No, but that's what I think I like about the programming right now is it's ever evolving and it is taking the feedback from the, you know, what I would call the, the boots on the ground, you know, the people in the field, because right. a lot of this stuff, and I'm the first one to say it, a lot of this stuff is theory. Like, it sounds great. You got to have a practice plan. You got to know that at an eight-minute mark, you're doing this. And at the 12-minute mark, you're doing this. And, you know, you have five different people helping you out. You always know how many kids you have on the ice. And you always know how much ice you have. And you always know how the season's going to go. That's all great. But that's really not the reality. And I no. think that's why, no. you know, they, we can come back and give our feedback about where the reality is on the ground and how difficult it is to get coaches to teach like a teacher and not worry about X's and O's and breakouts and four checks. Yeah. Well, and here's what we're going to do in a little bit. I actually have the itinerary for this that you sent me. Let's let, we'll walk through that. Let's explain to everybody what that is, but let's talk about some of these points real quick. Uh, just going back to everything you said, which was brilliant. Number one is uh, teaching to teach, teaching to coach. Uh, I'm going to probably butcher this word, but I believe the there's, there's a study that's pedagogy or pedagogy. And I'm sorry, all the teachers out there. I know I just butchered that, but there's a study of teaching to teach. Um, and I think that, it, you know, we both coach coaches. I think the mistake younger coaches make, or even early volunteer coaches in youth hockey is, well, I know the game. I know the game, right? I can coach. I know the game. Look, this is something I tell all coaches. You could be the best tactician on the planet. You could be a genius at being a tactician, but if you can't communicate your tactics effectively, it's worthless. It is completely worthless. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that to be harsh. A lot of people know the game. And I look, look I, we've talked about ego many times on this. Like, if you know the game, that's great. I mean, that's wonderful. You want to share your knowledge of the game. That is a gift. And I mean that. But you have to learn how to teach. You have to learn how to make sure that that knowledge is, as you said, Mike, being retained and being utilized well. And that you're not just out there to let people know that you know the game. Right? You have to ascend beyond that. It, it's not about us. If you're a coach, it's not about you at all. Right? Yeah, um, it's funny, and it's, well, it's really funny just to really just to intervene for a second. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny you say that because that's the way the whole weekend is built is back in, you know, back in the day, you know, when I started doing this, you know, I would stand up in front of a room of 89 coaches 
and say, hi, my name is Mike Benelli. I'm a level five coach. I coach college hockey. I played right. this. I did right. this. Then I did this. I've and got then great I coached hair. here. Yeah. And then I, I have great hair. I said, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a hell of a tennis player. I, you know, all these things. Like I would give, I would give my, you know, fit, it would be 15 minutes about me. Right. That's Nobody funny. gives a crap about me. It's They're like, I want to get that. the hell out of this class. Why am I even in here? How come, you know, I played, I played, I was on the second line of my state championship division three club team. Like, why am I in here? Right, like, I don't need right. to be here. And I think that's my, I think that's the point of this weekend. Well, one of the points that was driven home was it's not about you. It's about the learner. Absolutely. And it's about, it's about pulling information. And, and because we did, and we have, now I, I will now I, in in defense of this the, the, I'm going to call it the staff, but the group that I've always been associated with in my district in New York State, I, I've always had uh, we call pushers and pullers. Like right. I've always had people that would pull pull information out rather than just just give like because I I, I I think I like to have people that are very dynamic walking around the room right. wanting interaction. They don't want to listen if you want to meet you want to just hear a PowerPoint presentation from me. Just yeah. I'll, I'll email it to you and you read it. You just say, okay, say, go on YouTube, right? Yeah, go on YouTube, read the PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. But I think that's where the, the, the focus and, I, you know, obviously, um, you know, Heather and, and her group will really, you know, could obviously, will, will be able to articulate this much better than me because they get into the real, you know, weeds of it, like the, the cerebral. Yeah. Oh, there's void, a lot of psychology. You know, theory of, of yeah. you know, how, you know, education happens. And I tend to be like, listen, you got to dumb this down for me. Like you can't like, don't make it so complicated that I can't just go out there. Cause ultimately I want to teach hockey, right. but more importantly, I want the hockey players I work with to love coming back to me. Right. And I think right. that's really, and, and you know, and I think that's where we miss out on a lot of this. Like you said, is that it all becomes about what can I tell you how good I am and right. what I've done, but am I really giving that knowledge to you? And I'll take that a step further. Look, I want to say this, and, and Mike, I'll make myself vulnerable too. It's a common mistake amongst newer coaches. It, it, it's, it, it's very, very common that there's new coaches that come in with the best of intentions, but just naturally sometimes you, well, you know, I think I can do a better job with this than I'm being told. It's just a natural thing that happens. Uh, and, and again, anybody listening to that, you wouldn't be the first, you're not the last. It, it, the key is this, and it, it, to say, make myself vulnerable. I just spoke at the Philadelphia Coaches Conference last week. Um, and it was the fifth time I spoke there. I started with, I told them all very briefly who I was, cause you're supposed to do that. And I said, you know, the first three or four of these I did, I shared my knowledge. I got up here and I shared, this is what I know. This is what I'm speaking about. And to be fair, that's what I was there to do. But I said that, you know, I, that's not what I'm built on anymore. I've really evolved as a coach. And I said, I want to share as much value with you as I possibly can. And the truth is, if I just share my, my point of view, that's not going to be good enough. So I, I think, as I told you, I shared all podcasts. I shared all these different guests. So they got 10 different guests and you, me, Christy, and some of the other shows I do. And I just shared this wealth of information of other people. And I got so many compliments after this. of like, that was really great that we got to see from all these people. And I, I said, you know, that was the point, right? This isn't about me. And I'm, that's an event that you coach coaches. So this teaching thing is universal. It's not even just kids in might squirt peewee. And up, right? This is just teaching in general. I want to share the most value because the truth is, and this is something I think USA Hockey grasps, is that we have to work together to elevate the game. Now, now to, to go back to something else you said, Mike, this, this is something else I want to kind of check because um, I think about this a lot. You talked about juggling balls before, right? And USA Hockey. First off, if, if you have gotten involved in this game after 2010, uh, you may not realize how much USA hockey advanced itself with the ADM, all right, the American development model from 2010. And no one can deny it with our youth development, the amount of USA hockey players that are rising up the ranks. It's not perfect, as you said, Mike, but from what we had before to after, massive evolution in how we teach, so much so that other countries have adopted that, that program. So in other sports. In other sports, yeah, it, it, it is brilliant. But again, if, you, if that's all you've ever known, you might not, you might not have any context on that. So I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying it's one of those yeah. things, right? The other thing too, is this, you talked about USA hockey, always trying to figure it out, always trying to change. I want to try and give a metaphor of what it's like to do youth development in a, a, an American sport, because you have a group of people, everyone knows the best way to do it, right? It's just like being a fan of, of a professional hockey team. Everybody knows what the team's supposed to do, right? That's your coaching staffs across the country. Then you have a game that is constantly evolving, right? And then you have ideologies and science 
and mental stuff that's constantly evolving. And then the game itself is evolving. So the metaphor is you're juggling three balls that are constantly changing color while driving 90 miles per hour on I-95 North through New York. I'm not going to go I-80 West out, out West where there's nothing on the road for half of it. 95 North through Connecticut. Everyone's honking at you and telling you how to drive. A lot of curse words being flown around. That's what it's like to try and run youth development. And I got to say this real quick, all right? USA Hockey is not perfect. Even I've been critical of them at times, which, which by the way, I don't think that, they, 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 that bothers them. But I can tell you this. I've been to other countries, as we talked about in our last episode. The United Kingdom has four to five governing bodies, and it's a mess because of that. It's amazing that the country has developed as much as it has. All right, but but you want to talk about chaos. You have different governing bodies fighting each other and they're losing funding because of it. Right? So the fact that we have USA hockey, like it's all context, people. I'm I'm again I'm getting a little, I'm sounding a little coach voice right now. I don't mean to. My my point is that that you gotta weigh your options. If all you've ever known is USA hockey from 2010 on, you're just not gonna have the context of of where this was at and 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 how good it is. And the fact, Mike, they make the Coach Developer Academy, right? They make, they're trying things. They're trying to evolve this. That's a big deal. So, sorry, I did get on a soapbox there. I apologize if that sounded condescending. I never mean it to. I just, that's the way I talk sometimes. Oh, but, but it's also just yeah. the, the reality of the fact that, you know, at least from the USA hockey perspective and, you know, USA lacrosse is the same thing. And, and I think baseball's getting there a little bit. Yeah. Football yeah. is a mess. But, if you, but when you yeah. look at, but it's just because to your point, whether it's good, bad people love it people hate it people want to debate it it's it's there's a there's a centralized governing body that's trying to work with so many different variables teams from arizona to maine teams that have rinks that don't open until december and some that are open you know 24 7 365 you know teams that you know attract thousands and hundreds of thousands of kids to to communities that have 60 kids and they can't get enough kids for a certain team. So they're, they're really, it, it, it is great to have that governing body. But the one thing I will say is that we, if you're a member of USA Hockey, you are a voter. You are somebody yeah. who can make a change. Now, are you, are, do you want to take us and, and, and make it make, make, take <laughs> right. the effort to go to your league meeting and go to your conference meeting and go to your regional meetings? Well, listen, if you don't want to take the time, that's, that's fine, but it's, it's available to you right? and you can do it. And I, I've, I've said like my, so my example of this would be everybody hates cross ice hockey. I'm like, listen, here's, here's how I, and you know, Oh, Mike, you're just a USA hockey shill, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you work for USA hockey. That's why you, that's why you promote, you know, cross ice hockey. Go, listen, if you can show me the statistics and the science and the reasoning behind full ice hockey for, I mean, in my world, it's 10, you, but whatever, eight, you no, little kids, sense. children, yeah. Whatever you can show me that it's much better developmentally for kids at eight U to play on a, the largest sheet possible for them to physically play on. I'm a hundred percent in hundred yeah, percent. That's no what data, I would go. There's for. no data I, to support that. I would follow that. I would follow yeah. that data. If you told me that full ice open body checking to eliminate players from the game early on and, and get them out, get them out, right. Get those weaklings out of the game early by check full ice checking and allowing the biggest kids to, to end the careers of the, of the smallest, you know, fragile kids, hundred percent, let me know I'm on, but the, the, the data and the science doesn't do that. And what USA hockey does is with our money, again, there are flaws in everything, but with our money, they do the research, they compile it, they put it together, and then they try to disseminate it out so that we all can digest it and then make decisions. You do not have to join right. the governing body of USA Hockey. You don't. You're an organization and, and a parent. You could, do, you could do whatever you want. But the fact is, there isn't a better program out there yet right. that has done what they've done. Well, and, and the I'll, Coach Development Academy is one of those things. I'll, I'll take this a step further. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know my coaching resume. I'm not going to get into it. When I was coaching uh, my son's 8U team, and I was asked to run practices, where do you think I went to look for drills? I didn't go to the whiteboard and start making up my own drills. I went to the USA Hockey app because they've put in the time to make the drills. Now, I might have put my own spin on some of them, all right, which is fine. But my point is I went, I went to them because they did the research, and I am, I am not an 8U coach. <laughs> and I know that they've put years of research into those drills. And, Mike, there's plenty of drills there, right? But, but again, 
there's no ego there for me. Um, you know, I, I wanted to, I, I enjoy researching drills. I enjoy reading about tactics. Like I do that even when I'm not coaching, it's just, I'm kind of a nerd with that stuff. Um, yeah. at all but levels, that, but that's exactly what this is like that. What you just right. described is what the coach developer, uh, so, you know, um, program does like it gives you a roadmap, right. And that you interject in the roadmap, what you think is the best way to get to the end route. Like, so you use your knowledge, you use what you've done. You use the, the, the program that you've been associated with. You use the knowledge base and the skill base that you have. But if you follow the roadmap, it at least keeps you in an area where you stay on the, you know, stay right. on the right route. And I right. think for all of us, no matter how high a level you've coached or played that if you do, if you don't come in with a roadmap of how you want to get there, then, then you'll never get there. You'll just be driving around yeah. in circles. So I think that's where this was such a refreshing, again, it's the, it, it's the first one live I've gone to in two years uh, because of various reasons. Right. So, um, but it was really nice to see so many, I don't even see like-minded people because there's a lot of debate in the weekend as well. So right, right. it's, it's like, listen, let's, 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 let's hear, let's hear why you don't think this is the right, right. path. Well, that, that's how growth happens. You know, like, and this, this is for anything. It's not just hockey. When you converse and debate and communicate, things can evolve. All right. Last geek moment before I go through this schedule, Benjamin Franklin, who was a local hero, obviously here in Philadelphia, uh, he had a group called the Junto. And I remember I, when I learned about this, I was fascinated by it. Again, this is a geek moment. Don't turn off the radio yet. <laughs> he used to bring in people that he couldn't stand of different thoughts, ideologies, religion every week to this group. He would bring in people he couldn't stand being around to have discussions because he knew from those discussions, amazing ideas would happen. And Ben Franklin had a few amazing ideas in his lifetime and gave most of them away for free. But that's one of the things we have forgotten how to do recently is just have a conversation with people you disagree with to find solutions, right? Because when you only have one narrow-minded point of view, you can't grow. It's impossible. You just keep going down the same path. Now, with that said, Let's go through this itinerary. You sent it to me. It was May 13th through May 15th in beautiful Denver, Colorado, home of that gigantic horse at the airport that breathes fire or whatever. Nobody knows why it's there. All right. And uh, as you said, like it started in the evening, uh, you had an overview. First section, what is learning? That's what it's called. What is learning? Then you got a taco bar. Look at this taco bar, bring laptop and then how to coach. So that was the first day. So why don't you just walk us through that first day uh, and, and tell us what you did. The taco bar was okay, but the, but the, what is learning, <clears throat> the, what is learning part really just come, you know, really just kind of setting yourself up for the weekend. You know, what, you know, are we going from the old school? Like I remember when I first started you, you doing uh, coach coach um, the coaching program presentations, I would go up on the PowerPoint. I would show like a boatload of drills. Like, right. Oh, what's, what's the drill? Oh, what's that drill? Or how do you do that? Look at, and I, we, we haven't done, I haven't shown a hockey drill in, in three years in, in the coaching program. Because, you know, you want coaching, you want hockey drills, there's, yes, all, there's, that, there's that, tons that, of resources that. for that. Right. So what is learning really just came to help us frame, you know, what, you know, what are the things that we do to become learners? Like how are, and, and there's a whole, this theories of, of are, are, are we pushing information out? Like, when do we push? When do we pull? When do you push information out to your audience? When do you pull information out of your audience so that you can now, uh, th that the learning process can happen? And, and part of that learning process is debate. It is you know, well, Lee, I can't believe, you know, this, that my kids, how are my kids ever going to learn offsides from cross ice hockey to 10 U hockey. Right. And that's, so all of a sudden I go, well, how to play, how do children learn and how to you know how, and it, you know, so, but the, the biggest part for us in this weekend, because of they, they would call it, uh, there was a lot of conversations about, okay, now you're wearing your coach developer hat. Now you're not a coach anymore and you're not a player. Like you're the, the, you're the, you're the coach developer. You're the person that's talking to the coaches. So you're talking to an adult. You're talking to somebody who has vast years of knowledge, not an eight-year-old. You're talking to somebody that has all these different things that have, that they've acquired. So what can you get out of them to help them be better teachers? But how, but how are you going to get somebody to leave your, you know, six or seven hour course and having learned something? So right. I think that, I think that, you know, the, the part from, you know, what is, what is learning? was again is it is is the knowledge that you've pulled out of somebody or discussed retained and were, were if it's not retained then you didn't learn like was was your group expecting that or were they surprised that that's where they started so i think most of the people in this group were probably expecting it only because they're there it's a pretty seasoned group this is a, this wasn't a green group of coaches i mean you had 
I mean, when you look around the room, you've got the, the, the leaders of, gotcha. of the hockey world. I mean, right. so I think, you know, you already have, I think, a, a high hockey IQ group, but it's still, you know, when you do the programming, it's, it's very, uh, it's intimidating. I don't care. You know, you, you get in front of a room of 60 of your peers and they ask you to, you know, catch a ball left-handed and throw a ball right-handed and then have to count or close your eyes and, work, you know, little different like team activity drills that you have to get out of your comfort zone, it's uncomfortable. That. And yeah, I don't, yeah. you know, it's, and, and you know how it is. If you're, if you know how, you know how you're giving a, a, a speech or something and you'll, you know the answer, but you'll say, well, and then, well, you, you know, what, you know, then this happens. And then everybody, the silence in the room, right? right. Nobody's going to say anything like, like, and this is happens in the, in the USA hockey coaching program all the time. You're like, okay, so, you know, when this happens, then this occurs, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and, but that's not to, like, and that's one of the things we try to talk about in the, in the weekend was that, you know, you can't just leave these open-ended questions out there and expect, especially now we're doing a lot of this stuff virtually. Right. Is not a question. Right. Question is a question. Like, you know, you know, and, and basically when just so you know, coaches, when you say something to a team and go then, right. What you're doing is you're asking them just to affirm that, you know, what you're talking about. Right. And, and your kids are always going to say yes. <laughs> Ask so a good you're going to go down in the corner. You're going to make a turn. You're going to make a pass to the goal line. Then from the goal line, you're going to skate backwards to the top of the circle, get a pass and make a pass. Everybody got it. Got it. And what every kid's going to say. Yep. Yes, coach. Got it. And right. they have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, and uh, on yeah, top yeah. of it, they don't know what they're doing. Like there's no, what they don't even know why they're doing it or what the reasoning is behind it or what the, like, and then you guys start thinking about, well, are they even having fun? Like, is this even, are they engaged? Are they, are they just robots? So right. I think there's a there's a lot of that piece of what is learning really be, became like a two hour kind of conversation flowing of, you know, wh how can we as adult learners and teachers get this information out there so that then these coaches can take this information and bring it back to the youth programs. Right. And, and they'll be, the youth programs will be better off for it. And, and again, obviously, no matter what level you coach or what level your kids at here. Um, you know, how this applies is different. Again, if you're talking to eight-year-olds, um, you know, skating is really the key, right? And, and I always say this at any level, I want to give them fundamental technical skill sets and then let them be creative with whatever I've taught them. And I, I've, I, as you go up the levels, this actually gets more fun. Like I said, in a pro locker room, you know, we have our, we have our strategies, but we actually ask the guys, like, how do you want to approach this? Let them take some accountability. Now, they're, the, they're the ones playing. Right. And, and, and they're the ones you know, that know how to feel. They know how right. to feel. Well, like you I can't also project how you think they feel. 22 people are going to be better than one mind. All right. The coach is a leader in that sense. But, you know, we always ask our players. And I, I think that that should start in bantams, to be honest with you. Um, you know, if the kids are willing to, 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 to listen for a minute. Um, I'm looking at the second day here, Mike. This Saturday looked like it was a long day. It was 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Well, let, let me just go back to one thing about the the the, the, the yeah, what is yeah, learning please. and the, and the, and the how to coach piece because I don't want to miss this. I thought this was actually one of the more fun pieces. So one of the things was the, the how to coach, um, you know, kind of continuum of making sure that you're not like as you're coaching children and and now we're coaching adults, but as you're as that adults coaching children that and this is really hard for me that you're not demonstrating and talking at the same time that you're not, you know, saying, okay, when you shoot, you got to move your body here. You turn your hips, throw your arms out now and all this stuff that the kids have to take in. Yeah. And, and, and that, you know, that, and so we had to do like, like my assignment was I had to teach a standing long jump and you had to teach the components of a standing long jump. Now to me, I'm very like, I'm, I'm talking, I'm jumping, my hands are swinging, but it's really, you've got to, to understand how a child learns, and that you need to demonstrate without speaking and then maybe speak and then maybe right. have somebody else do all those little components. Like a lot of us forget when we're coaching little kids that you're just throwing it out there and you're like, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this. Okay. Stick handle through here, move, make a pass. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and then, and the kids is, and then they do it wrong or they, yeah, and then we yell at them for it. <laughs> and then you're like, what, what do you, what the hell are you doing? You, you, yeah, I just you showed you, I just, I just showed, showed you how to, how to do, do this. this. <laughs> Like you're, you don't know what you're doing. You know, I got, I got idiot kids. Like these kids can't come. So right, right. a lot of that, how to coach really was a, was a really nice, I think icebreaker too. Cause you're, you're always switching different people. You're not with the same, you know, New York guys or like right, you're right. guys from Minnesota and Alaska and, you know, Florida, but at the same time, the how to coach piece lets you 
kind of put yourself in the mindset of, you know, okay, well, wait, how does the components here break down? Am I speaking over the skill that I want to teach? And at the end of the day, did the person visually and, and um, right. you, know, it, it, you know, able to audibly understand what I was trying to say to teach? This is what I'll say. And this is brilliant what you're saying, Mike. And this is a little nugget. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to practice what I preach. I'm going to ask this question to our audience. A good, solid question, right? And this is something that came up this year. Um, because I think coaches often feel rushed at practice because they might have 45 minutes to an hour. They want to get all this stuff in. This is the question I'm going to ask all the parents and the coaches out there. Would you rather do six drills okay or four drills really, really well, execution well, where the kids retain it, understand it, you explain it? That's the question. It's rhetorical. I'm not going to answer it. The other question is, is it okay? Actually, Mike, I'll have you answer this one. This is one that probably should be answered. Is it okay to take two minutes to drop to a knee to really explain to your kids a drill on the ice? This is assuming you don't have a classroom before where you have the time. This is, I'm talking youth hockey where everybody shows up. There's three kids that show up late because they had whatever going on, right? Uh, and again, a lot of, well, USA Hockey says we have to be moving all the time, okay? And, and listen, you should be moving most of the time, but is it okay to take a knee to really explain a drill correctly then maybe demo it? You're going to lose probably throughout the whole practice. You might lose maybe 10 minutes doing this. Maybe probably a little less than that. Probably more like seven to eight. Is that okay? Yeah. So that's, and there's a lot of debate there, right? Cause a lot, right. a lot of us, a lot of the, a lot of the theory, theory guys and girls will tell you that, well, we shouldn't be doing any instruction. Right. To be free. Right. The ability for a player to find the game and yeah. to, you know, that like block drills shouldn't be part of what we do. I, I completely disagree with that. I, but, do, too. <laughs> uh, but, I do too. But I get, I understand. You want that, go to a public session or go to an open hockey. That's I understand <laughs> the point of, of not restricting players in a block situation, but I right. also understand that the anxiety of a parent watching and the anxiety from a coach teaching that we just have, we have limited time. We don't have two hours a day, five days a week right, for right. seven months. I only have the kids for 43 and a half minutes. Right. And I, and I just want to make sure I can have the most impact. So I, so I would say, take the time to speak, but it be big, but again, it's all about the environment you're in. How do you, right. and we, and we talked about this on Saturday, like what's the environment are, are you positioning yourself where, like the other drills going on and, and they're having a game where all the kids are focusing on that game. Are you in a place where it's so right, loud, right. the kids can't hear you. Are you, are you like, you just said, you actually made the point, right? You get on a knee and talk to your kids. Cause you have little kids. I would even say that for older guys. Like I don't need to stand up here and have the kids kneel and talk right. to me. I get at their eye level. It, I try to get so to important to get down to their level where, where yeah. I'm well, and I'm engaging them. Right. So, right. you know, is there music going on in the rink? What's the background? Like what's the, you know, where's the situation on the edge? So all those, and, and then on top of it, I think what my frustration is when I go in and teach is that coaches don't have a plan. So yeah, when, yeah. if you, you're, you're yeah. going to have to speak more, if you're winging it, if you're always winging it and there's no building block, then you're always going to be talking on the ice. And, but I think going back to your initial question, no, I, I don't think that there is no wrong thing to do. If at the end, the results you're getting is, is what you want to get. Now there is, and I do agree with this. If you have, if you have the patience and the ability and the time that you want your players to find the solution rather than you just getting frustrated and giving of it like, but that again, this is theoretical. This is, this is like saying, Oh, you have all the time in the world for them to find right, the right. solution. So either A, we have to do a better job of giving them the, the, the proper context to find the solution on their own, or sometimes we have to cheat and push a little bit. Well, I, I think it goes back to, and, and, and this is my approach to it. I want to give them the fundamental technical abilities that I want them to do, and then I want them to be creative with those technical abilities that hopefully we've just taught them. All right. And that's the point I'm trying to make. All right. I don't sit down for two minutes, tell the kids, oh, this is what we're going to do. And then it's one kid doing the drill. If I'm going to take two minutes to talk about a drill, you can bet your butt everyone's going to be involved in that drill. And it's going to be creative in nature, right? If it's one kid, it's a little bit different. But yeah, I think that's a great point, 
uh, Mike, what you're saying. And look, everybody's got to do it a little bit different. So we'll figure that out. So look, let me jump into day two here. This episode's going to be four hours long. Yeah, yeah, uh, so yeah. Day, day two was a long, long day. It was uh, 8 a.m. Looks like to 7 p.m. Now there was a breakfast and a dinner included that at DeCocchio's Italian restaurant. Wow, look at that. USA hockey. But Great again, point. let's just, I'm going to walk through the topics here. Uh, and you yep. can tell me what, creating the environment, learning process review. Uh, let's see, skill but, acquisition review, push-pull activity. Like what are all those? Yeah, so all, all that kind of stuff is all just about, so now now we have to get outside. So here's Mike Benelli in, in, in Denver's, uh, you know, a whole different climate out there. And, uh, you know, I'm at the ele- elevation. It's not perfect for me. But, you know, we're out there and you're <laughs> doing physical activity, right? So we're doing a lot of, you know, small area games and really um, focused on letting the player and, and constraint. So the CLA is like constrained learning. So how do I put constraints in for players to learn? It's okay. So all of us would probably think about, okay, what do you do? What's the go-to, you know, small area game, three on three cross ice done. Right. Right. I, I do my small area game stuff at the end of the practice. I do three on three cross ice. All right. Well, how could now, what, how can we really get players to learn putting, con, put, putting constraint based learning in? So maybe we do three on three cross ice where only two players could ever be in the offensive zone. So now somebody has to say, well, now I got to think maybe somebody's got to stay in the defensive zone or in constraint based, you know, now you have to make three passes before you're allowed to shoot. Um, so with this, the, 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 we live hockey five colored puck right. stuff came up, right. That you can use five different colored pucks in different situations to create different environments. That's a game when, we have coming soon for all of right. you. We'll tell you about and, that. And, and, and you, you know, <laughs> the green pucks out there, you can only take one timers. If the orange puck is out there, you can only take backhands. If the blue pucks out there, you can only do, um, you know, uh, indirect passes. So constraining the players to make them now think, and that was a big component of, of not hockey specific, but the way people learn and how you can create environments for kids to be more creative. Like when there's like, it's so easy for a kid to go down, stick handle through cones, make a turn, make a pass. But, and, but so one of the funny videos out there was you see, you know, the, the, the Kung Fu guy and he, and he takes down a mannequin number one and then chop, chop, takes down mannequin number two. And then he goes to mannequin number three and it's a live person. The guy takes him, flips him on his back and, and, and throws, you know, so he's like, well, yeah, it's all great when you're going against the cone. But what happens well, when that, what's that Mike Tyson back? quote? Everybody's got a plan until you get, Everybody's got a plan to get punched in the face. Right. So, <laughs> so I think, and that's, but that's constraint-based learning. That's the, the way USA hockey has really tried to evolve from block drill, you know, and again, it's not in my world, it's not one or the other. It's a, it's a flowing combination of both. Sometimes you just need block drills. Sometimes you need cone drills. Sometimes, you, you know, sometimes you just need the basic understanding that, you're going to stick handle to the right, stick handle to your left. Your weight's going to distribute. Your hands are going to be here. Your stick's going to be here. That, if you don't have the fundamental, like I went through my, my USA lacrosse training. And one of the things, a lot of it is very technical, where your hands are, where the butt end of the stick is, where the follow through is. If you can't teach those little nuances, you could do something fast and creative, but wrong. Right. And I think that's where, you know, this whole, this whole environment of, you know, all that. And then, and then, so a piece of that is the push pull methods, the methods of understanding when you push some information out to kids, it's more because you want to get the information out to them quickly and get them to take it. Like you don't have the time to, 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 you know, get in there and pull that information out of them in a, in a, in a, like you said, in in a 50 minute practice, you have four minutes. Yeah. Sometimes you, sometimes you got to push it out. You can't let them find it. And, but the best way to learn is to find it. Right. Right. So now there's a doubt. Now there's a, there's a lot of, to me, that's where like, I was right in my wheelhouse there with my conversation. I'm like, well, that's why I use coach them. That's why I use, you know, pre-practice planning. That's why I use, you know, make sure my, my education of my players and parents are preemptive that they're not, Right, you know, right. you don't, you don't just come to the rink well, and say, I'm going to start teaching. You hot. know, another thing, Mike, I listen for just on, just to add to that. I listen at games because we're talking about practices, but I listen at games. Who's, who's yelling the play-by-play to the kids on the ice. Cause that's not coaching. You coach the kids on the bench. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There are situations in a game where you want to call out to the ice and, and you know, if you see something, there, there are times that that's okay. But I hear coaches sometimes, no, move the puck up. Now move it across the ice. Now shoot the puck. What are you doing? But you're not a puppeteer. 
No, but right. but but most no. of us want to be like I. I mean, right. I, listen, I find myself yelling all the time. I'm like, holy crap! Like for a, they don't hear you, and b, it's just confusing. It's confusing. They don't hear you. The parents are screaming. Other coaches are screaming. The coach on the other bench is screaming. I, I look, look. That is one thing I'll tell you. I rolled my eyes more times than I care to admit this year. Not so much in my own bench, just listening to other people. It's like you know. You see a kid on the ice. This is at least, again, youth hockey. My attitude was, okay, he made a mistake or she made a mistake on the ice. I let them come back to the bench. I sit down with a whiteboard. Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? I want to tell you. And then I don't say do this. I say, you did this. What do you think some other options would have been in that situation? Right. Right. And, and if they don't know, they might go, I, you know, I don't know. Okay. Well, let me, let me give you some options. Let me give you some, some thoughts here. And I'll probably have to tell them that 15 times throughout the season before it clicks. Right. A little patience. I told you, I think I said I had to learn patience this season. But I listen for this in games. Like if you're just, if you are yelling on the ice, everything that the kids need to do, you are not coaching. You are not coaching. You are yeah. fanning. <laughs> you do yeah. Well, you're also, you're also just, again, if the, if the end result is you want the player to leave with more knowledge and it, like, right. I, I, here's my, here's my example from my own life. When I first started coaching, I went a lot of hockey games with my little eight U's. Why? And I think, well, this is the reason why I think number one is I had pretty good players. Number two is I would, I would spray paint. We'd have practices. This is, this is crazy. We'd have, we'd have practices where I would spray paint lines up and down the end boards with circles and boxes. And I said, when you come into the zone, if you're standing in this circle, you're in a great position. And when you go in the defensive zone, you're standing in this box, you're in the right position. Right. And my players would just, it was almost like playing, you know, bubble hockey. Like I could watch my, like I, I get complimented on the fact that my kids just always, cause I, I was at the, cause I was like, I want to win. Right. So I'm going to play the percentages. If you're standing here, the percentages are, you're going to get the puck, but they didn't even know why they were there. Yeah. They, they just stayed yeah. there like, Hey coach, I'm in the box. I did it. Good. Keep just putting me on the ice. on the ice. You get your yeah. stick on the ice and block the puck. Right. And so as I've evolved, and I look back on those. I'm like, man, what a disservice to those kids. Like they had zero. But, hey, you, you have to go through it. You have to I, I, like, like, uh, so two quick things. One is that I, I also want to say, look, I'm guilty of screaming at the ice sometimes too. So I'm, I just want to say as a parent, I do get it. Right? There are times you're just like, just do it. Like, I understand that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't want anybody to think I'm high and mighty here. I do that. Okay. I just, I'm very conscious of it. All right. I try. Not and I'm to doing that in my head too, at the school concert, by the way. So <laughs> I'm like, please get on note, please. Yeah, yeah please. You're flat. You're flat. All right. And then the, the other one too, is that, um, you know, as you move through your coaching journey, you know, I, we just did a great interview on another show I do with, with uh, a coach named Shawnee. And, you know, she was very critical of herself as a young coach. Look, I don't know any great coach that wasn't an egotistical mess at some point of their lives. I just, I just don't. Right. It's just, it's, it's the natural progression. I think the key here, Mike, is, and what we're trying to say is to any coaches listening or parents listening is that you don't have to wait like 20, 15 years to evolve. Like we're, we're, we want you to evolve now. We want you to do better than we did. Right. And I think that's, well, that's, the, the, that's the weekend conversation, right? right. You, if you're going in for an operation tomorrow, do you want, do you want a doctor using the, the techniques that they learned in 1962 <laughs> or do you want them using the, the techniques you're using now? Right. You know, and one of the guys, uh, Jim Haverstrom, who's the, runs the Florida Panthers organization's youth program. It, it, he said, he goes to all his parent meetings with an old flip phone and his new iPhone. He said, would you like me to, would you like me to give you this? For your use right. today, or do you want to use this great communication device that right. has everything in oh, it? Take it a step further. Do you want the greatest ever person to use that old phone that nobody uses this phone better than him? Going back to their surgery, nobody does this 1967 operation better than this guy. Or do you want the doctor that's pretty proficient with the new modern evolved method? Right. Right. Because I'm still taking the evolved method over whatever they were doing in the 60s. Yeah, right. yeah, because you're like, you know, oh, you can get, you can get all this, but by the way, there's no pain medication. Oh, right. there's no okay. pain. Yeah, so let me go back. Yeah. So, so I just think, but, I, lobotomy. But, but that was the weekend. <laughs> like that's the weekend in a nutshell. Is that that we're we're that we I say we, but what USA Hockey is 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 helping to facilitate is the fact that they put all this research in one place. You could take it or leave it. You don't need to take it. I like to take it. I like to say, wow, you did all this work and 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 did all these studies and found that. You know, children just don't learn this way. Now, right. are there are there exceptions to every rule? No doubt about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But for the most, yeah. for, but for overall, our job is to keep as many children in the game for as long as possible, and then at the same time create the best developmental model in the world. We're doing that. We're right. doing. Like we, we they showed a video over the weekend of 
uh, Alex Ovechkin, you'll, you'll know this because you're a hockey person, but anybody that's listening, you can look it up. He's getting, he gets knocked over. He's on his back. He flips over and he scores, <laughs> you know, with the stick against behind Arizona. His back. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it would have been Phoenix. If you search, search, that was like just search that was. Ovechkin goal against yeah. Phoenix. That's all. You and need. that was like 20 years ago or something. Right. And they yeah. thought like, Ooh. Oh, how did he do this? He's the greatest athlete. You know, what an unbelievable. We have kids in the NHL doing that every night. Yeah. Trevor, right Trevor Zegers. Every night, Cole yeah. Caulfield, Trevor Zegers, all these guys are doing this every night. Why? Because we've evolved. Right. We, the, the, the ability for players. And I think that's where USA Hockey in the last, you know, since 2010, 2009, that's right. where the game is a distinct, you know, line of the tipping point of where the game of hockey has evolved. Right. Is because of that, the American development model, understanding that long-term athletic development is our goal, not early selection. And I'll say this too, to prove your point about evolution, you know, every once in a while, there's a player that comes along, generational player that changes the game, Rocket Richard, Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr, Wayne Gretzky. If you look at these guys in the primary LMU, I could keep going here. If you look at these guys as they enter the league, they're, they're, they're prodigies. But what people don't do, Mike, and this, this actually kills me sometimes, is they don't look at the result. Gretzky in the 80s, and we always hear this debate about, well, what do you do today, right? The players today play like he did in the 80s. He evolved the game. They all play like he did now, right? Now, he was a genius. Don't get me wrong. All right, but I'm saying, like, same thing with Ovechkin and Crosby. Now you have McDavid. You think you think that the, the teenagers right now aren't looking at McDavid going, maybe I should do what he did? The game's yeah. getting faster. What, 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 coach in, what coach in the United States doesn't want Cal McCarr to be the model of what they right. want their defenseman right. to be? Or, or like, you know, again, some of our listeners might be too young. I mean, technically I am too, but like what Bobby Orr to change the defensive position. Defense didn't do that. <laughs> you right. know, so, so there was no offensive defenseman really before that, you know, like, so. Right. So I think just, that's so, know, the, so, so the point, like I said, that the whole weekend really revolved around, and that's what was so refreshing around. Like I like it because I'm like, I'm not getting a debate with everybody about hockey and this and systems and right. because that's irrelevant. That's all you, that's what coaching is all about. I said, yeah. I've said this the day I've, got involved with the coaching education program the best part of coaching is coaching right. like doing the research finding right. it's not the administrative stuff it's not but the hardest part of coaching is learning how to teach right and even for teachers i've watched teachers like the physical education teachers completely lose their brains in a, in a hockey setting i don't know why it is right. i look at them in the class i'm like you seem pretty sane i mean you have your kids you're organized you have a lesson plan you have, you know, you have certain groups of kids based on ability and based on their age and based on their grade and their, 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 uh, you know, their athletic competency, but then you get into a rink and you get, and you're trying to teach, you know, a bunch of eight-year-olds a full ice breakout and you're losing your mind. So I, I don't know why it doesn't compute, but what this does, it helps you start to not only understand how that all computes, but it helps us as coach developers, right. Get to disseminate that information well, and, and, and how to prioritize. I think that's the other thing too, like, you know, but let, let, let's just go to the final day here real quick. Cause I, I do want to close. I mean, the final day just looks like, you know, it's, there's a section here. What is position? Uh, there's a section here, coach, athlete, parents, and then a recap. But I'm, I'm guessing that day was just an overview of everything. Well, coach athletes, about. parents is something we talk yeah. about every day. I mean, I, I was right. laughing. I said, you could just play a couple of our episodes here in this space, but uh, yeah. you know, it's all, it's all about, you know, the, the ability <laughs> right. to be proactively, uh, you know, uh, educating your parents and being, you know, making sure that your community, it all comes down to communication. Yeah, it all yeah. comes down to, you know, if you if, if you want to implement all these free play strategies and all these like it doesn't look like hockey, like one of the things that I, I tried to joke around, they said, well, what are when you initiate these new policies as a coach, what's the first thing you get from your parents? So everybody's given, oh, it doesn't look like hockey. When are they going to learn breakouts? Where's the skill instructor? Right. And I'm, you know, contrary to being on this show, I'm a very positive person. <laughs> and I think, and, and so I, I, I think said, you're well, a positive person. I, just I said, you're I from said, the Northeast. I, I said, what am I, I said, what do my kids, what do my parents say? My parents say, holy crap, my kids are having so much fun. That's right. what my parents say. My right. parents say, wow, that was the best practice. My son loves coming to your practices. That's awesome. Why? Because they're having fun. I'm having fun. I don't, I don't have to like ha go have a drink after practice every night. I'm like, oh my God, these right. kids, they don't get it. So a lot of that had to do with, you know, the coach parent communication and player relationship. Um, but also one of the things that, you know, really the end of the day was really just trying to get together and say different, what are we giving our coaches to then present to the parent and the kid? Um, there was a great video in there that they showed like little Johnny, 
uh, with three bikes, like a, like a little bike, a medium sized bike and this big bike. Right. And jo Johnny rides a little bike and he's good. And, you know, then he rides the medium bike. He, he actually was just as good, maybe a little harder for him to turn. He wasn't doing wheelies or anything. And then the big bike, he couldn't even get on. He had yeah, to go off, yeah. like, get a stool, get on the bike. And he'd say, <laughs> well, what's, what is better? And really at the end of the day, I think a lot of us would say, well, the middle bike, the best bike. But then yeah. it's like, well, depends on what you're trying to teach. Like, right. do you want to teach? Do you want a little adversity? Do you want a little grit? Do you want to, you know, move the kid out of their comfort zone and see if they can strive to get to the big bike? Well, then maybe in that situation, the big bike's the better bike. Or do you want the easy bike that you just want to make sure the kids get through the drill and make Having sure fun. they, you know, yeah. have fun and they feel confident and there's no pressure and there's no, like, it's like, I don't know, I could do this with my eyes closed. Then the little bike. But now, and it's, you know, but is it the best technique? No. Is it, is it getting them better? Is it, is it driving it now? So I think, and actually the funny thing is all these videos should be shown yeah. to the parents of the kids that we <laughs> teach. <laughs> well, because, it should be coaches who send those videos to the parents. Because, and, I, and I think, and actually yeah. USA Hockey is coming out with a parent module yeah, for parents. Brilliant. And it's not a, and the nice thing I like about it, it's not dictating to the parents. It's not a, you know, you must do this. Yeah, no, that would, that would not work. That would it's, re it's really more of, this is how we're teaching. I, I, this is how I approach my parents that get disgruntled. Mike, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. I think if you understand 100%, I'm coaching the team. It doesn't really, I really don't care about your opinion. It doesn't matter to me because I'm worrying, I'm worrying about 18 kids' opinions. Right. Like I'm trying to coach a team. So yes, I understand completely. You think this is what we should be doing, but guess who's running the team? Me. So at the end of the day, it's all, you have to try to have your son or daughter understand. And I need to get them to understand my opinion and what I think so they can work with me. I'm the, I'm the one that's leading the group. Now, right. if, when I'm not leading the group and it's somebody else, then that's fine too. Then that you'll follow their direction, right. but somebody well, that's has that's to the leader. Yeah. Somebody has to be the person who determines this is what I'm looking for. Well, I think what you're looking for is wrong. It doesn't matter what you think I'm looking for. Right. I'm telling you what I'm looking for. You know, so, I'll, I'll tell you this real quick. I, I had this really, this is going to totally prove your point. Um, I had this great conversation with, uh, no, sorry, I, I, would, I, I got to listen to Dawn Staley speak. Dawn Staley is a local hero. She's a national championship uh, basketball coach, two-time um, from Philadelphia. Um, I, she's one of the greatest basketball, college basketball coaches of all time, Dawn Staley, and, and was a great basketball player herself, Right. And I was shocked to hear this. So, so she's a college coach and she spoke about for the first time ever, the last couple of years, she has uh, monthly zoom meetings with the parents of all of her kids. Now, my attitude in college for the longest time was that, Hey, listen, I don't deal with parents. I only deal with the players. Um, you know, they're adults now. So this is a national championship coach saying that we have to change. Right. Um, I have meetings with the parents monthly. It's a good conversation. They can vent anything they want because she said that you have to coach the parents too. You have to coach the kids' parents too because they need to know because here's the deal. She says, I'm not their parent. I'm never going to be their parent. Their parents are their parents and their parents are the most influential people in their lives. So I just try and inform them and let them know what's going on. She did say, like, they're not, they're not going to tell me how to coach the team. They're going to tell me what tactics to play out there, but there's an open dialogue. And I think that's something that we've talked about on the show many times, Mike, is you, you can't just tell them they walk away and don't talk to me. All right. I think the 24 hour rule is important, but you right. got to be able to communicate with these parents and, and let them know that it's okay if you can communicate with me, but I'm in charge of the decision-making. And, and, well, and that was the theme of the weekend too, is make parents yeah. advocates of yours, but get right. them into your inner circle, embrace the fact that you're going to have a conversation with them and right. that you want them. You get their kids for two hours. They have the kids for the other 22. So you have to make it right. like right. They, it's their children. They're not my kids. <laughs> that's what you said. Like, they're there. Yeah, that's that's fair. You're right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you 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 know. Oh, Mike, I can't believe this kid's behaving like this. I, I, yeah, that's my fault. I yeah, said, yeah, right. I have nothing to do with it. I didn't raise right. the kid. He's he really messing up at practice, and he's not yeah. paying attention to you. It's, it's, yeah, that kid doesn't. He doesn't. He's kid. always late. He's always late for practice. You got to discipline him. I go. Yeah. Why no, do I have to discipline? No, I don't. So, but I get. So it all comes down to you know. Yes, you can use coaches as the conduit for help, and I think that's where like what she's doing is brilliant. Is that when you grab these people and, and get them on your side and, and, cause, cause, and, and show them that I care. I want to care as much about your children as you want me to care about them. Right. But I can't care about them if you don't support me. I mean, they won't care about me. Like they're, you're undermining the care and you're, you're just breaking it down right. because you're not supporting me. Now, 
you could you could have a conversation about wow i, I really don't I, I really hate the way coach is using you but you've got to find out you know how why is he using you that way right and then ask but so and that was so this weekend again it was really more about how do we develop coaches coach developers to develop coaches which i think is brilliant i think it's it, it's going so far from just saying listen get these guys and girls through the certification process let's check the box as you said and they did their service and then they did their modules and they did their safe sport but really more how can we make a change how can the the the, the leaders at usa hockey bill mccall and, and heather maddox and the people that you know flint dunchuk who you know these people that are really the brains behind this but how can we put these people in positions to be better teachers and, and you know, Dave Starman has said this, like from the day I met him, right. That, you know, you want great player development, you have to have great coach development. Right. And if you have, you know, if you can create great coaches, our players are, 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 are just the, the it's unlimited who they can become. That's a great point. Like, I think just around this episode out, like if you're listening to this, you probably have your own opinions on this, but you might agree with us. You might disagree with us. That's great. Like we want to hear from you. Let us know. And it doesn't matter if you disagree because um, yeah. it, that's what is being taught. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my point. It's like it's like right. that's why. And I think, but I think that's why it's so important for parents to see what the coaches are learning. Like one of the, one of the one of the aspects right. that we do for the coaching education program for coaches is we go over the rule book and we have referees and officials talk to the coaches because they're in the same boat. Like I don't. I hate that rule. I, I know it doesn't matter. That's yeah. the rule. So this is, this is, <laughs> doesn't it, matter. It doesn't I'm matter like, if you hate it. I get it. I hate that. Like even last night with, um, well, in context, depending on when you're listening to this, the Pittsburgh Penguins had a, had, right. had a player that had to leave the ice because he didn't have his helmet on. Right. But the rule was he could have put his helmet right. on. Right. I heard and that so, discussion. And, so, he did, yeah. and he probably didn't know that. They said that. He didn't know the rule. And, and neither rule. did Coach Sullivan didn't know the rule either. Right. So when you say everyone's going to know that rule now, though. Uh, yeah. But it's just like <laughs> everything else. Like I didn't know that was a rule. So right. when and then and now, now it changes the game. Right. So I think that's where like us is, uh, you know, when, when you talk about what coach developers do in this academy, it's really to, centralize the information it has to get to your read like me right. mike benelli has to my in my coaching education district i we we send through about 1600 coaches a year that's a lot at 1600 coaches and what are they what are they they coach in uh let's say they're coaching 30 kids right that that's a lot of that's a that's lot, a lot of, kids. of kids yeah and so you know, all of a sudden you're like holy crap that's a lot of influence from this small group and I think that's why I think that's why the academy is so beneficial. But I also yeah. think it's be, and I also think what what's happening by doing this, it's evolving. It's evolving the the coaches to start teaching the parents, and then how the parents can then re, you know, come get back into the system again and teach again. Well, and, and this is going to be my final thought on this, and then I'll let you 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 close the episode before I do the out. There are so many good people out there with the best of intentions that, like I said, ego is a thing we all deal with. Um, desire is a thing we all deal with. This is what I would say to everybody. Listen, this is kind of a between the eyes thing for everybody. If you truly want to do this coach, if you're truly passionate about this or your parent and you're passionate about your kid, which we all are. All right. And your attitude right now is I can do it better. Great. But if that's your attitude and you are not willing to look at the resources available for you and you're not willing to be diehard about researching everything that's out there to learn how to be a better coach, if you're just saying, I can do a better job, that is all ego. And I'm going to tell you this, it's not going to pay off long-term. Every coach I know that's successful, whether they are youth or paid, gets this at some point. They, they search outside themselves for information. They are learners, right, Mike? We're talking to the, the, the theme of the episode. I am a learner. I am always looking for more knowledge, right? Not even just about tactics, but myself as a human being and my mindset and how I think and how kids think. I'm always yearning for more knowledge. I didn't do that when I was a young coach. I just remember thinking, I know, I know what I'm, I know the correct way to do this. All right. So it's not a shot at anybody. I'm just trying to wake some, everybody up. There's so many resources out there. USA Hockey with all of their faults, does a great job of trying to evolve and find solutions, right? There's no perfect organization out there, all right? Uh, I mean, I mean, maybe Russia thinks they're perfect, but they're not, you know what I mean? So, so joking aside, right? 
there's so many resources out there. The Coach Developer Academy is a new resource, right? Um, this show is a resource. We created this show because no one was having these conversations, right? This is where I wish Christy was here today because she'd, she'd be all over that asking questions too that I was thinking of. But yeah, all in all, Mike, it sounds like this was a, was a cool event. It's a, it's, I'm guessing this is a somewhat of a pilot program. And um, what, final thoughts, but also tell people listening where they can go for more information about this stuff should they be interested. Yeah. So, well, the number one thing is it's, it's, uh, you know, they've always had coach develop go, uh, the coaching education programs always had training sessions, you know, from the time I've started 14, 15 years ago, whatever it is. I mean, they've always had, you know, um, training sessions to teach the material, right? Oh, here's your PowerPoint. Here's your deck. Here's how you, we want right. you to teach. That, that, that's for people searching for it. Right. Like, like right. you have to do the work on that. Yeah. Right. And I think, and I think from the coach, but when you go to these, you know, these conferences and you run a clinic, especially so what, what the coach developer Academy, I think really came out of the fact that, you know, this, the pandemic forced everybody to go virtual. And then we're like, well, how are we going to teach people right. like this? Like, right, like right. how, so are we, are we going to just going to, do you want the flip phone or do you want the iPhone? Right. And you just want to keep throwing out PowerPoints and have right. me sit here and go over my, and go see uh, point number one, point number two, point number three, or do we want to teach our coach developers that are teaching coaches how to coach or how, you know, the best processes to coach do we, well, let's get them, let's get, let's make them or help them find the information on their own and be learners. Right. And I think that was the biggest thing is if you can leave and, and this is, and I, and I, you know, the pessimistic side of me um, really gets beat up here, but I think I really want to believe that there's more people out there that want to learn that want to be oh, a I better think there coach. Are. I, I, I just think it's a silent majority. And, and I think I they'll think. go out there and they'll research like me. If you throw a clinic out there, I'm probably going to go to it and I'm, pro I'm, right. pro I'm going to log in. I'm going to try to get something out of it. And, and again, I could have sat there and gave my resume over the weekend. And I'm like looking at, you know, because, you know, that, that, that's, that's human nature. It was like, well, when I coached here and I did this and I had this championship, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, what I said, I'm not going to get into, uh, yeah, I'm not going to get into a resume contest. I said, but what I am going to do is listen to you and learn. And, right. you know, and then I'm going to go on and do what I do. And then hopefully maybe you can learn from me or you can learn from somebody else. I think that was really the general theme of the weekend. And then that's awesome. really to find out more. So if you're a listener and you want to be a coach, the, 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 the steps are always, well, get to a coaching clinic first and then, right. you know, do, and the modules are great. What the USA hockey's done for their continuing education. It is. I think it is, is great. Yeah. Um, you know, again, is it, is it, is it unfortunate that it's mandatory? Like, because people just won't go out and seek it on their own. It is unfortunate that, that, it, that you, people feel like, like, Oh, like the, the, like the answers I would get. Yeah. Hey, but Mike, it's necessary. almost over. Like, yeah, it's like, uh, are we going to get here early? I think we're going to get about 10 minutes. Early, so, Oh, thank God. Like that, that kind of stuff. I'm like, Oh, like uh, me, I wouldn't even ask what the time thing was. No, over. you want you want to learn. I'm just yeah. like, and then I think there's a lot of people like me, and that's why you know I'm on a yeah. call. I'm on a different hockey call that could last. Sometimes it goes in as a subject. It could last for three hours. Well, listen, because I, I know on, I know there's other people out there like you because they listen to the show. Right, right, and they and and they and they intervene and they comment. Right, so I think, and, or, or they send you text messages or DMs or whatever. And I think that's where. So I think if you're a, a and, and and at the same time, I think if you're a parent. And really start to ask your coaches, well, why are you teaching this? And, you know, and if you're a coach, get that information out there. Right. Let parents know why you're playing tag at the beginning of the game. Like right. if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, one of the things that we went over is creating your environment. If you don't frame that environment and parents don't know why you're doing what you're doing, they're going to go to the common denominator. He's not teaching yeah. hockey. Yeah. They, it's going to become chaos. And then they're going to go to your, your, your league or, or team developer and be like, well, this guy's a bad coach. He's got, you know, two the out of five. Don't stars. want to see chaos because they can't understand yeah. chaos. Chaos is, is too subjective. Right. Chaos is like, well, yeah, I, but what are they doing? Like, I don't understand. Like we're, I'm paying a lot of money for this ice. And right. like, like why, when are we going to start learning the hockey stuff? You know, it, it's funny, Mike, my, my daughter, real quick, and I'm going to close this up. My daughter had uh, some soccer practice. She's five, and it's just such a totally different vibe than hockey practice. The parents all and all, the, they're just kind of sitting in their chairs, sipping on their lemonade, just watching yeah. them kick the balls around. You go to a hockey practice, move, move. It's, it, it's totally different. But uh, listen, I, I, for those of you listening to the show, First off, we appreciate you. I, we know you're here because you want to learn. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes again, I, I always call it our Northeast condescension comes out a little bit, but but that's because we really care. Yeah, um, it's, not the, it's not a lecture. It's not. It's not meant to be. And with that said, Mike, you make a great point. I always want to offer this to our audience. Look, this isn't this isn't live to a studio audience. We want to interact with you. So if you agree, disagree, or have any thoughts, any questions, anything like that, 
feel free to comment like anywhere, Facebook, you can email us at team at our kids play hockey. We want to hear from you. All right. So, uh, and, and by the way, we have people email us all the time and we get back one-on-one, but if there's a topic you want us to go over, if you have a question, we will get back to you. So feel free to comment again on Facebook or anywhere where you listen to this um, and make sure that you can email us again at team at our kids play hockey.com. Um, we, we are more than happy to get you involved in these conversations. Uh, uh, that is our hope. Again, we're here to share information. Um, and, and we wish it was more of a two way live way to do that. Maybe we'll go on the road one day, not without Christy, but uh, that's where we're at. So Mike, this was a fun episode. Again, we've completely failed to keep this at a half an hour, but I don't care because like yeah. you said earlier, we just want to keep going with this stuff. Um, but, uh, unless there's anything else, I'm going to close it out here. No, it was great. Like I said, I, I definitely want to just publicly thank, you know, USA hockey for the effort and putting Absolutely. it into, uh, you know, they actually made the, the weekend bearable and, uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard to be in a conference room sometime for, you know, beautiful Denver look great the weather was great out there. And, uh, yeah. I, I think it was, um, you know, it's, it's uh, same thing. You're really, but when you're with a lot of good hockey people and, and had a lot of great conversations, I learned a ton, uh, outside awesome. of just the, the Academy piece. And, and again, I think there's, there's a lot of really good people out there trying to work with your kids and our kids. And, um, you know, we should be really thankful for that. We should be thankful for that. We have, you know, a governing body. Yeah, really. That, that really, that really does at the end of the day, value the volunteers that are trying to make our kids lives better and knowing that it's not the job of the governing body to produce that 1% kid that's going to play at the NHL. It's, it's to create an environment where kids love coming to an ice rink, strapping on the skates and, and, and playing. That's, that's a great point. And, and like I said, it's all about perspective. Like anytime you get frustrated with how this is run, just remember there are other places out there. And if you think you can do a better job, volunteer <laughs> and yeah. learn. And ask Mike Benelli, hey, where are you going this weekend to learn? Because he'll tell you. I, I, Mike, I always admire that. that and, like, and like I said, I, I know that we, we introduced you as a level five coach. And I, I, I know you hate that. And I'll tell you, I love that even with that said, you just said, I learned a lot this weekend from talking with other people. That, that really is the key. That really is the case. So this has been a fantastic episode. Uh, obviously, as you all know, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, tell a friend, refer a friend, uh, help us grow. We're growing every week. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. All the episodes are available on ourkidsplayhockey.com or wherever podcasts can be heard. And if you have the time to give us a five-star review, we'd really appreciate that. But for Michael Bennell and Lee Elias, that's me. Uh, no Krista Cashino Burns, but we miss her. We love her. We'll see you on the next episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Have a great day, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure to like and subscribe right now if you found value wherever you're listening, whether it's a podcast network, a social media network, or our website, ourkidsplayhockey.com. Also, make sure to check out our children's book, When Hockey Stops, at whenhockeystops.com. It's a book that helps children deal with adversity in the game and in life. We're very proud of it. But thanks so much for listening to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey, and we'll see you on the next episode.